All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Koshcast. Uh, on Twitter, I'm not, still not calling it the other thing, but on Twitter at under underscore the Kosh. Um, <laughs> as I say every week, we'll see what other platform we get onto. Uh, but happy to do a, a, a pod a pod for you. And sorry again that the pods are coming up on random days. We prefer to be consistent, but life is lifing at the moment. Uh, there will be updates we'll have for you guys in the next couple of uh next couple of weeks um hopefully we can explain all that but uh life is life in right now so uh we'll let you know how all that goes so it's it's myself bernie in the hot seat i've got a wonderful guest uh friend of the pod chimdi chimdi how are you my friend i'm good buddy nice to be back on how you doing doing well doing really really well uh well in 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 life, football not not so much. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> facts, facts. We, we will we will touch on that uh, absolutely. Um, but what we're gonna do is uh, it's gonna be a bit of a quicker pod this time. So we're just gonna run through uh, the Premier League fixtures. Uh, actually, you know what? Before we do that, I should say um, congratulations to Spain on winning the. Uh, the World Cup, the FIFA Women's World Cup. Um, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I don't know how much you've been following it, but to me, it's not as if I watched all the games, but when I, when you think about, in my mind, Barcelona Femini and how they've been just killing it, I don't know why I, it didn't, I didn't think of them as an automatic winner like before the World Cup itself. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, honestly, I... I didn't follow it, to be quite frank with you, uh, apart from, you know, Nigeria's falling out of it and stuff at some point. Uh, but generally, I thought it was, from the reports and from the highlights I saw, I thought it was a good tournament generally. Um, um, oh. But um, but um, it was good generally. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, you know, you're right. Spain, I don't know why it wasn't necessarily on the top of our minds in terms of winners, but I just expected one USA to see what they did because they're the title holders, right? So um, it was like, let's see if they can repeat. And then two, um, it was uh, England because they too have done well relatively in the last few tournaments, right? So I think... Did they win their Euros? I feel like they, 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 they won like She Believes Cup and stuff like that. I don't know about the Euros. It's not in my head right now if they did or not. Yeah. But I think they were doing well generally. And obviously, we know about uh, my United players and just generally the team. And just in general, the WSL, right? I think that's what it's called. Is that the American yeah. one or is it the yeah WSL? Is generally doing well. I mean, like you said, Barcelona's women's team are the uh, UCL women's champion. So Mm -hmm. I think, right? Uh, And then there's also, I think PSG's team is pretty good. I think Lyon's team is pretty good, I think, if I remember correctly. Obviously, Chelsea, Arsenal. um, I was going to say Leicester, but I don't think they're that good, but they're competitive, I guess in the WSL. So just generally the leagues the leagues are good, the European general tournament play scene is good. So you know, I'm sure it was a very good good tournament. And uh, I guess, you know, I don't know. I, I think there was some so was, was there was some controversy in the final. 
some penalties given and uh, you know stuff like that. Uh, but I think in general, I'm sure the Spanish team deserved to win. So, hey, congrats to them. And um, yeah, also the timing was crazy because it was in Australia. So I think that also affected ability yeah. to watch. Yeah, so. it, it 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 did make it a bit more difficult to watch that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know why I feel, I did it just like you. I expected, um, England to win though. It really didn't make much sense for them to win compared to um, Barcelona women's. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's sad that us men have found a way to mess it up for the women again, because we're not really talking about the game, but most of the, most of the discussion online is actually about Rubiales and, kissing um the spanish player um whose name yeah just doesn't come to me right now but it's just like why (laughs) yeah and did you see did you see on the sidelines the spanish coach kind of like fundling one of the the assistant coaches like they were i think they were looking they they were watching the game like they were on the sideline and i don't know if it was penalty a penalty or just at the end of the end of the half or at some point but yeah he was like he was like holding her chest i don't know if he knew what he was doing but it looked like purposeful it didn't look like a just a like a a mistaken grab or like uh you know how you pat pat other coaches on the ass and she was just one of the people there and he just you know what i'm saying didn't look like yeah it looked like he actually grabbed her so yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Spanish FA and the Spanish women's game, but there are some freaks over there. So uh, that's nasty. That is yeah. nasty. That that just um, wrong, and, and I don't know what what the what's been the result of it now. Has has anything happened? Uh, nothing. I mean, Rubiales has been forced to apologize, although he tried to shake it off at first, but he's apologized. Um, and I think the Prime Minister of Spain is at calling for his resignation, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, congratulations to Spain. Worthy winner. Uh, would have been nice for the for us at the United Contingent if the if the United women could, you know, say they won, won that, but similar to the men, you know, they're just English and it's in their DNA to bottle a final, so... Uh, <laughs> it, it would be not. It'd be nothing different. But by all accounts, though, was it actually a bottle job, or was it just a hard fought game? And uh... no, it was. It was. I, I would even say similar to the to the Euro uh, Euro final, right? That that the England men's mm-hmm. played in. It, it was. You know what? You did your best. You did. A, it was. You 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 did a good job. It just wasn't to be. I think. I think that's that, that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, again. It is what it is. Um, uh, um, congrats to Spain for winning. And, uh, yeah, next time for uh, the women. I'm sure come Euros in two years, they will um, they'll, they'll try again. I, I think a lot of their team will probably make it to that point, right, I think. Not, I don't think there's too many older, older players, not in my mind anyways. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that they'll make it to the next tournament. Most of this team, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would think so. I, I would definitely think so. Um, so nice. switching, switching gears uh, a little bit. Um, staying in England, 
but on the men's side of things, um, the Premier League. So, two teams, not two teams, is it two teams? Um, two big teams come to mind that are sitting on six points right now. Um, not playing the most electric football, either of them, but showing solidity. And those two teams are Arsenal and Man City. Uh, uh no, Brighton. I thought you were gonna say Brighton because oh, that's yeah. the one. They're Brighton the are top of the table. Football. They're the one playing good football. The other two have scraped their wins, but Brighton is really I don't know what's going on, but they're they're doing it. They're doing it. They're playing really good and uh they're looking good. Yeah, they they absolutely rocked um who did they play? I have it here. I have it here. They rocked Wolves four um, one. And they did if, if you're a United fan, that's a problem. Yeah. So so their first game was actually Villa. No, that was Newcastle. Sorry. Yeah, their Newcastle. first team. They also played another team and scored four. Just oh, remember Luton. They beat Luton 4-1 as well. Yeah. So so they're on a roll. They they are look like a well-oiled oil machine, unlike some people. And uh, they're doing their thing. Um with the other two that you mentioned, uh, Arsenal and, and City, I guess kind of continue, continuing the form from last season. Uh, City looks more controlled, even though they're they haven't. I don't. I want. I don't want to say they've stuttered through their results. Uh, the first one was pretty straightforward. Who they play? Uh, the first one was Burnley, where it was straightforward. It was straightforward, but yeah. there was. There were some hairy moments in that, I would say. Uh, would you say hairy or would you just say Bournemouth came to play and they missed their chances? I don't think it was an even fight, but the better boxer came out on top. I, I think that's I fair. Is, I, I, yeah, and when I Holland is your boxer, then yeah, 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 exactly. Because compared to the second game against uh, Newcastle, right? Um, which was this weekend's game. I mm-hmm. think the Burnley game was more straightforward. The Newcastle game, actually, when you think about it, too, that was very controlled. Newcastle, their usual game didn't come off um, as much as they would have liked, I'm guessing. Uh, let me see the stats from this game. Because I don't think they got as much joy as they typically would. Yeah, it wasn't – they were low on possession, low on passes – uh, same on fouls, uh, a lot of offsides, uh, half the shots, less than half the shots on target. So it wasn't the typical Newcastle performance. They were stifled, essentially, you know, which is impressive uh, in and of itself because they are the it team now, I guess, right? So. Yeah, the thing about expected. Newcastle is. They're very good when it comes to playing against, let me say, teams that are fluid at soaking the pressure, but also mm-hmm. they're, they're very good when it comes to picking their press and countering mm-hmm. you. They, I remember when, I think, um, you know, in our group chats, we were analyzing, you know, the Newcastle games that we played. I think uh, there was a game last season, United, where Rashford missed a header to win the game, but it was and it ended nil nil. It was KG, and then they had the Capital mm-hmm. One Cup final, and then there was one that they beat us in in the league. But they're very, very determined, dogged team, and 
they had two chances where they hit City on the counterattack and just made the wrong final pass, which would have just mm-hmm. unleashed them. And City are susceptible to that. And I think City got a bit lucky, but then mm-hmm. Julian Alvarez is killing it right now. He's got two mm-hmm. goals in the league, and of course, you've still got Holland in the bag. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's it, it's it's slow, yes, and they've lost De Bruyne to injury. But I would mm-hmm. say that this is when City, to me, are scary because they're not even good yet, and they're probably still yeah. going to win games like this. When they get good, it's it's lights out for everybody else, and and everyone needs needs to really watch out, you know. And I Pep is playing two strikers for goodness sake even though he's not using yeah. them exactly like that but it's yeah, yeah it's, it's it's scary it's scary yeah yeah you're, you're right i mean again they uh typically i think we understood that they are slow starters i mean i won't say slow in the sense that they lose games but slow in the sense that they they're not in full flow usually at the beginning of the season typically mm-hmm. they get to November, December, with good enough results to keep them in the pack. Um, and then once they come back from Christmas, it's like they switch it on, you know? Yeah. So, like, yep. um, it's it, like you said, it, they just need to keep getting results and not any, having any hiccups. And like you said, Kevin De Bruyne is gone. But I think that's an opportunity for the likes of Foden to really cement his place because, you know, for some reason he keeps getting – he used to get overlooked and, you know, Pep doesn't seem to trust him. So I guess this is his time to, like, make that spot his own. Because if he doesn't at this point, you know, with no Gundogan, no De Bruyne, the only other person that's um, maybe put in as the creative force is Bernardo Silva, right? Other than mm-hmm. – the they have, they have other people, but I'm saying the main – Created the, the, the especially centrally, right? Yeah, the KDB replacement essentially. This is his chance, so I, I'm just curious to see how that ends up for him if he actually grabs a hold of it. Uh, but again, on the in this particular game, and even in the first game, I think he he did his job and he looked good to be honest with you. Uh, mm-hmm. he looked good, um, so I can only imagine, um, you know, that they will still keep rolling. Um, with their force in this coming season, and at least for the couple, next couple of weeks, but we'll see. I mean, I can only hope that it doesn't continue, but uh, it doesn't look like they have any signs of slowing down, you know. And then they, like the way Pep just rebuilds with one or two tools, and now you're hearing him. He wants um, Nunez, Matias Nunez. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted, he wanted. Paqueta, I guess I can see the Nunez link too. It makes sense, right? Because um, Nunez is more of a season eight, right? Like a playmaker, right? N- Nunez is, is, I wouldn't say more of a playmaker. I, I see him a bit more central than Paqueta can do a lot more things, but Nunez is competent. You know, he, he, he can make things happen on the ball centrally. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he is pretty dogged and determined. He just seems like a good fit for a Pep Guardiola team and might even allow mm-hmm. Rodri to be a little bit more expressive. I mean, Rodri has it in his locker, just never has to mm-hmm. use it. 
Yeah. Uh, but you see, whenever things like this happen, right, you like ask, so how is he exactly is he going to fit in? Because now you're saying this, right? So that means where do you where do you sacrifice? You sacrifice in the front line, the front four or five uh, in front of Rodri. So who who is that? Is it, is it Foden again? Is it Grealish? Is it um, uh, Alvarez start, continues to do a bench job or whatever? Is that what you do? Or is it the defensive line? Which who is it? I mean... Akanji has been doing the inverted center back role that that Evans started, right? Sorry, no, Stones started. Mm. So, like, what, who is going to suffer there? Obviously, that means Phillips is not going to have uh, much of a role this season, which I guess is why they're looking for loans for him. But like, like, no one ever complains about it when Pep is doing these things, right? You know, he's just loading and loading and loading. He can survive with what he has now, but he wants more. He gets more, right? To me, that's wild. If that whole betting thing didn't come out, I'm sure he would have gone. They would have gotten Paqueta. Like I'm, yeah. I'm certain. They just don't yeah, want to deal with it. Nobody wants money. to deal with that right now. Yep. Yeah. So they hundred percent would have paid that money, and they would have gotten to like eighty mil or, or something like that, and. Is he worth it? I don't know, but you know, Pep has the financial backing. Let him, let him go do what he needs to do. So as far as you know, I think, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. The only thing I would say about them this season is, like, I, firstly, I, I don't think Pep rates Foden like that, like that. I think he thinks he's a That's good a player. Thing. I just don't, I just don't think he thinks. I don't know if it's personal. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I just don't mm-hmm. think Pep is like I wants to start. Like Foden, I, you know what I mean? I, yeah. For whatever reason it might be, I don't mm-hmm. get the vibe. And I think I could see him you know, being Nunes the one with Rodri or even Nunes covering for Rodri and then Bernardo Silva taking a more central position. Like I, I can see a bunch of different things, but hey, mm-hmm. Foden has a chance. Take take your chance now while, 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 while you have it. So. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, that's, the, that's the thing. You, you never... Anyone coming in for a Pep team is never necessarily guaranteed to be a nailed-on starter every week, right? So they all have to contend with that, and usually they seem to be satisfied with that because they know what the end result's going to be. Usually, right? So I guess that's yep. to their benefit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I feel I feel kind of weird for Foden, but then again, he's a what twenty one, twenty two year old who's won everything already. So like. You know, exactly. Exactly. What, what, what is it? I'm fine. sure he'll get his. He will get his chance to be the star man at some point. I just don't know if it's now, or anytime soon. You know, I guess that's the thing. So, but we'll see. I think this season might be his only chance, but you never know. Uh, let's uh, yeah. Let's switch tracks to to Arsenal. They beat mm-hmm. um, Palace one nothing. Palace, yes. Um, yes. Just on, on this game. The, there was a penalty, and yeah, I think it was right. I think I think uh, Johnston did foul. Uh, was it in Ketia? I can't remember who it was now. Um, he brought him down. It was Odegaard puts it, it away. Ketia. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I I think more interestingly in this game, in Ketia showed that he is just not good. <laughs> he had miss after miss, and I was like, mm-hmm. why? Like, no, I mean, I get it. Like. Jesus is injured, although I think Jesus, when he came back from injury, was missing chances anyway. I was about that to say, like, I don't know. Spot in that team. 
I don't know necessarily that Jesus is the solution if you're talking about missing chances, because Jesus to me is equally as wasteful, you know, in my opinion, right? He he can score like crazy bangers, but in general, he's not a prolific scorer, which is why Pep removed him. You know, Pep was okay with everyone chipping in, but he never had that one killer, which he has now. So he, he moved him on to get that one killer, right? So he's not a prolific scorer. In fact, what he, how many goals did he have last, last season? He was doing you know? well up until um, he got injury. injured, though though it was starting, even before the injury, he was starting to show that uh, wastefulness. But his whole mm-hmm. thing was that he brings others into play. He works well for the team, that kind of thing. That mm-hmm. was always important for Arsenal. But I still think they're a... a, a like, if you want to say like they're a dead ringer to win a league kind of thing, they're mm-hmm. uh, a, a dominant goal scorer away. And then I think this team can really do lots of things. Because tactically they're doing very interesting things. Last week, I I described it as sort of Arteta is on LSD doing some random shit, but like, you know, it's kind of going to work to some degree. You know, Mm -hmm. Partey was playing right back. Gabriel was on the bench. Ben White was still starting, not playing as right back as he was last season. So Mm -hmm. you're like, none of, why are you doing all this? But, Mm -hmm. okay. Like, you know, all I can say is, okay and and we'll see how that clicks but so you know they're, so they are playing well this, right my question is this right yeah they're playing well. everything is clicking for them now it's taken what four years for all of it to start to click which is fine it's a good mm-hmm. rebuild the cronkies were good to be patient with 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 um arteta the fans who were calling for his name two two three seasons ago are now praising him full mm-hmm. um cool and fair What's the deal with Folarin then? Like, is he just not cutting it? You know, this sounds or seems to me kind of like what they did with what's his name in his first season when he was out on loan, Saliba. Is is it just that he doesn't think he's good enough at the moment and he should keep going getting loaned or he's trying to get rid of him permanently, which is what I think it seems like, or is he... Is he not as patient as Saliba was, thinking that he would come back in? You know, what is it? Because by all accounts, he is he any worse than Nketiah is my question. In in your view and what you've seen, and why is it looking like he's surplus to requirements instead of being tried as that central striker you're talking about? So I my theory on what's going on there is that They've spent a lot of money, right? Like, they really have spent a lot of money. Um, 105 on Rice, as we know, and then Havertz was, like, 60. And uh, who else did they sign recently? Oh, God, there was someone Timber. else that they signed. Timber. Timber was, like, what, 50-something? Like, and then, No, it was, remember, like, 35, yeah. Was it something like that? Okay. And the previous yeah. season, they spent quite a bit of money as well. Yeah. So, I think... Right now, they are thinking about okay, guys, we, we we have to we have to figure this out, and that we have an asset. He did really well in mm-hmm. in France last season. Inter were interested in him. They can't they couldn't get the valuation. Like they're asking for fifty mil, right, or, or mm-hmm. fifty or forty mil for this guy. So they their thing is I don't think it's about talent. I think it's we have an asset, 
other people want. He's probably a little bit too good to be a backup, which Nketiah is happy to be. However, mm. they don't believe he is good enough to lead their line. But because he has a value of like 40 million or 30, anywhere between 30 and 40 million and they need money, they see the asset and they need to shift the asset. I, I think it's this, just this, economics here. But this but this is what I'm saying though. I, I could make the same case for Eddie Nketiah. He's not old enough where you don't think you can get him get rid. He's good enough to go do very well somewhere else. So what is the difference there? Is it because because they gave him a new contract? You know, I, I don't get it because I, I feel think like perception. the perception of Eddie Nketiah is not very good. That's what. Like, so, so you don't think he's second top scorer in Liga? He has suitors. Mm-hmm. Like Inter, Where was... Inter are interested, and two other teams are interested. No one's interested in Nketiah. But he had. That's my my point is that he had good loans. He did very well at Leeds. Well, actually, I'm looking at it now. He didn't really do very well. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay. Forget about that. <laughs> he only had three goals. He only had three goals during his loan spell. But okay. But um, I, I don't know. I just yeah. I guess Falaren has more upside right now. So I guess that's why, but I don't, I don't know. I, you know I wouldn't sell him. I wouldn't. There was sell a time him. where young enough. Um, there was a time where Inketia had value, but his mm-hmm. contract was dwindling, and clubs did want him, but mm-hmm. it didn't. He renewed and whatever, but his value was never thirty forty mil, which is the value that this guy has. He's hot right now, and we hear about Tottenham potentially looking at it. Um, because they need a striker, even though that's going to be com- complicated to do because of the rivalry. Mm-hmm. There, there are clubs. Yeah. It's just the problem is Arsenal are holding out for a lot of money because they know they have an asset, and clubs are like, "Come on, like <laughs> we know you're not even going to play him. Like, why are you asking us for forty mil? This is stupid." But you know, they, they, they can, they can do it. They can do it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like if you're saying you don't have a central figure and. I guess it's an economics thing and a balancing the books thing, but I, I I don't see how it could affect them. And again, my issue is I feel like you, well, your point stands in terms of they need that focal point. So that means that even if they sell flu, they're going to buy somebody. What's Not this season. I don't think they will do it this okay. season. I think, remember yeah. when they were looking at uh, potentially, was it Vlaovic? Was that before Gabriel Jesus or... Was that? Uh, it was the around same the same time because Vlahovic wasn't being let go by. That was when he just joined Juve, right? Was it the same season? I don't. You know, he was I, only think, at Juve I think for one right. for one year. I think they wanted Vlahovic, mm-hmm. but then that didn't work, and then they they pulled the trigger on on Gab Jesus. I think I think that's that's how that went down. Um, yeah. But to to that effect, there were rumors of them getting a striker, uh, but then they let that go. So I think Gab Jesus, like I'm just saying, in order for them to be the next evolution, right, which is actually challenge, I mean, they challenge for the league, but challenge for the league, challenge for, you know, be a consistent UEFA Champions League, not just team, but, you know, mm-hmm. quarterfinalist type of team. That's where mm-hmm. they want to go next. They're going to need a, a, a dead cert goal scorer, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, let's, 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 see, let's see how they do. They, they did end up winning the game, though they had a, against Paso, they had a red card. Kind of did well in a deep block, moving the ball around, holding possession. 
they're they're just so in tune with what Arteta wants to do. And to your point, it yeah. took them four years to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, and fans did want them want them to leave, um, mm-hmm. or want Arteta and Co to leave. But it did take Kroenke and team to. I think there was a big protest, and then Josh Kroenke had to come out and say like, "Hey, we're working on it." And then once they churned around the transfer system, and mm-hmm. Arteta started to you know implement his thinking, things started to change. And and that will take me to Man United, who lost mm-hmm. the Spurs to nothing. Man United have never let something sit, and I think they're showing it in that you can come third, you can come second, you can come third and win a a cup, but it still doesn't feel cohesive. It doesn't feel coherent. Whereas Arsenal could come fifth and you go, yeah, you know, I can see what you're trying to do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's not, let's not, let's not revise it. I'd never, I, you, did you really feel like you could see what they were doing when they came eighth, fifth and fifth? Or you thought they were not, shit? Not, still. so not when they came eighth. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what, what you so I used I laughed because in my mind I was like this Arteta guy like Ole is killing him right I remember mm-hmm. you remember I was very loud about that when Arsenal mm-hmm. came fifth they were in the running for the top four for a long time but I told the Arsenal guys because I I always have to you're going to bottle it because it's in your nature mm-hmm. which they did but the football mm-hmm. they were playing that season was very good and you got an an idea of what they were what they were trying to do. What I didn't expect was the next season for them to push first almost all the way. And I think you're now seeing a, a, a continuation of that. What my issue yeah. is... Go ahead, go ahead. I get it. I get it, right? So I'm going to do this in a step-by-step, right? And just compare. First season for Atari came in the middle of the season, right? I think because mm-hmm. he started the season with City, then he came into Arsenal, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so it wasn't necessarily his team, whatever, whatever. Fine, whatever. He came eighth. I don't know how, how soon he came in, but I feel like he came in before Christmas break. So it wasn't like it was second half of the season. He had a season, uh, at least uh, three quarters of the season, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, fine, whatever. Um, compared to uh, Ten Hag's first season. Now, there's things function differently at United, just generally. I, you know, I'm not even going to go stage by stage. We Things function differently at United. There's more mm. patience elsewhere. I mean, obviously, mm. Arsenal fans were calling for his head, but there is more patience mm. elsewhere. And mm. I do get the sense that it, it was his first year, and if you compare with... Our, I don't see. I, I see the the second fifth place, which was Arteta's third year. I can see what you're saying about the games. You could see what they wanted to do, whatever, right? Because he had at that point kind of gotten a lot of people out, and he had some new people in. He was doing what he wanted to do a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there is. We're, first of all, I get it. Last season, we knew what he wanted to do. Two games in, we had lost, and he changed it to fit the players he had. Right, mm-hmm. the, and when I say players he had, I mean the bulk of who he had to rely on was established players from the previous regime, right? Mm-hmm. And he changed his, his style. And I also think one thing I think I'm understanding from uh, 
Ten Hag is that he's very he's he studies and learns what he thinks most of his better players or bigger players can do and wants to work on what they can do as opposed to imposing his his final finality thoughts on people like he's not he's not he's realized that he can't with the majority of the players he has the senior players the better players he cannot come and say start playing tiki taka you know barcelona type ball or whatever he understands that the majority of his players, their strongest points is transition. Mm-hmm. What he's trying to instill is transition with control to some extent, right? And right now we're not seeing it. The The midfield is not cohesive. Maybe we don't have the right players. I feel like we were just at a – first of all, we're two games in, right? The original plan, in my opinion, was not to necessarily have that midfield we have right now. Think that the injury to Kobe was a a big thing that I don't necessarily know. Obviously, you can never plan for injuries, right? But I think he really wants that Kobe Casemiro partnership to begin with. And Kobe is more mobile than Casemiro; he can do a lot of the work. And I don't know what he was going to do with Bruno and Mount, but I feel like that's where we're going. Right. It may not seem comprehensive or we may not really understand because we only had one or two games to see what Kobe can do in the system he wants to play. We didn't even have a chance to see Kobe with Casemiro because, remember, that was Casemiro's first game back, if I remember correctly. He, right? uh, he did play in the second. It was his first start, it, start back. But let, let me let me just jump in here a little bit because mm-hmm. I, Kobe Mano is a favorite of Ten Hag. And we saw a little bit of what he could do, and he's and my, my, my God, I'm I'm a believer as much as as much mm-hmm. as you are now. But Kobe Mena mm-hmm. was never going to start this season as a starter. That was not going to happen. He was, he was, he yeah, was. No, Bernie, no, let me tell you why. No, I don't, no. I don't necessarily know if, I don't think it was necessarily the main plan, but I feel like through the preseason that was what was going to happen. I, I really, I really feel like if Arsenal, if I really feel like if that Real Madrid game went well. With Kobe and Casemiro, he would have changed his his. He would have played Kobe. I, I, I feel think, like he was get, he was more, getting hot on him, and he would have changed what he wanted to start with. I'm telling you, at the, the very least, we would have gotten to we would at the very least we would have gotten to September, and Kobe will be starting. The reason why I don't believe that in any way, shape, or form is Ten Hag's priors with youth players has been blood them in. As much as Garnacho was doing but, good things off the bench and scoring goals and stuff, and he still wouldn't do it. I don't but believe that's never, he's that that's kind not of his, guy. That's not his case with midfield. Graven Birch and Frankie de Jong are examples of what he does with midfield players, even if they're young. Graven Birch, maybe but, not Frankie, because Frankie was a little but, bit, a little bit yeah, in his twenties. Frankie was was before him. Frankie yeah, wasn't. But, but Graven Birch and, was and his. But yes, but he had already seen him for years. He didn't have to sign anyone new. Like, he didn't sign anyone to get Gravenberg. Gravenberg was there. That's Ajax principle. At Man United, he signed. Cop- like, he didn't I'm, sign Cop- Cop- this. He didn't sign no, Cop- go- I know, but here's where I'm going with this. He spent $60 million on Mason Mount. We all know uh, what he pitched Mason Mount to do. He he'd went on the charm offensive for Mason Mount, and he put his neck mm-hmm. on the line for Mason Mount. There mm-hmm. aren't many managers. In fact, there's no manager in the world today who's going to tell your club to spend 60 million on a player 
and then go, nah, you're not going to start. He's going to see his plan out. If that see, plan doesn't seem to work, then he's going to bring in the Kobe Mano. But in and in this case, the midfield that we're seeing of Casemiro, Mason Mount, Bruno was the plan. So my my ultimate issue with this is that this was the plan. And my thing is, it didn't work in the first game. I'm like, okay, you have to see it through again in the second game. It didn't work. It works less in the second game. But it's, it's sometimes in football you hear things like, oh, you know, the coaches are with the players and they know more. And it's true, absolutely true. But there are some things that everybody can see. And everyone knows how Bruno Fernandes plays. Everyone who has seen Mason Mount has never seen him in the way that we think this is going to work. And we all have seen, I mean, you and I have been talking about Casemiro during preseason, that his legs are going. And, like, we all knew that if they're going to do this two eights, we've said it for weeks, that the issues that we're seeing now, we're going to see. What amazes me is that in, in the same preseason that we were seeing, right, and I think this, this adds to where you're going with Kobe Mano, is that we saw that triumvirate once. And I don't care if they're introducing something as new as this, you have to let it ride more than one time. What Arsenal did when we even we played them, you saw Declan Rice, Havertz, and one the other guy, Odegaard, Odegaard. right? Like, like we mm-hmm. saw that. Partey is playing right back right now, right? So we saw what they were doing as early as that, and they kept using them for the majority of games. We didn't do that. So what we're seeing in this season thus far is that Man United, to me, look thoroughly unprepared to do what Ten Hag wants them to do. And I think it's because they didn't even really prepare for it. It makes it makes that's very I, little I, sense. I, I don't I don't I, I I get what you're saying, but that's what I'm saying is that the first few preseason games before the internationals came back, it was Kobe, Mount, and whoever was in front of them, right? And it was Kobe still doing that role. That was what we saw. He was the he was the main base of the pivot. Even though he was still moving up and down, he was the main base of the pivot, and that was working. I'm telling you, I know what you're saying about Mount, and I don't know how he would have worked Mount in, but I'm telling you, at some point in the season, they were like, in the preseason, they were like, this boy is doing more than we thought. Real Madrid, Casemiro, Kobe, if this works, because Kobe was, I, I haven't, you rarely also hear managers talk this much about, he, he was banking on this kid. At some point, something flipped. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And whatever I, I, he does with Mason Mount would have been more offensive, more forward. He would have found a way to play him fine. Maybe put him in front like as a 10 and Bruno and him, uh, Bruno on the wing or whatever. But I'm telling you that Kobe was pitching his tent for this season. I get he was... So let me, let me say this in the last Tehag minute. Tehag was, that, that was so disappointed that he was injured. So disappointed. Oh, I I agree he was, and I think that makes sense to me because the boy's a talent. But we saw Jaden Sancho play false nine all throughout preseason and haven't seen it once. So I don't I don't give any credence to what <laughs> what this man did and what he didn't do. But I think what we know is that United are extremely frustrating right now. Things could change, similar to what happened last season. But you know, I don't think that United should be in this situation all the time. But Jim D, we have 30 seconds left. So before this cuts us out, I want to say thanks for joining, my man. Uh, no we worries. didn't get into Greenwood. 
we'll probably try and do that next next time we bring you in talk about Mason Greenwood disappointing lad yes, sir. peace see mm-hmm. you later Mason <laughs> but Jim D thank you my man appreciate you bro nice one bro nice one thanks for having me thanks everybody enjoy <laughs>